You are listening to the Soar Above Cancer podcast. Be engaged with your care, patient activation with your hosts, Gabrielle and Alex. Hello, fellow cancer thrivers. Welcome to this week's episode of the Soar Above Cancer podcast, a podcast dedicated to find the strength to not only survive a cancer diagnosis, but thrive at living one's life with cancer. This week, Alex and I decided to talk about activation. So being engaged with your own care as a cancer thriver. And it's a concept that's, um, I would say, relatively new. It's not that researched, um, but it's a very interesting concept to discuss from the the patient. And, and we're going to be using patient a little more in this episode, but from the patient's point of view. So from the individual living with cancer. And really what we're going to discuss later, we're going to discuss a lot to kind of lead us to answering this one question is that, is activation a key component to being a cancer thriver? So that's kind of the gist of what we're going to be talking about today, but we'll jump right into it and discuss what is patient activation. So to my understanding, this is what I've gathered and, and found the best way to explain on this podcast what patient activation is. If you want to know more and if you want to read more, there are sources and I'll, I'll talk about who to look for when it comes to researching about the subject. What is patient activation? So in a 2011 study by Hibbard and Greeny, patient activation was defined as patients who have motivation, knowledge, skills, and confidence to make effective decisions to manage their health. So the main researcher that has studied this concept is Judith Hibbard. She works with Insignia Health. Um, That's the company that kind of produces uh, different questionnaires to kind of gauge where someone is on the patient activation uh, chart or level, whatever. Um, they have developed four levels of patient activation to kind of um, guide healthcare professionals in giving care to their patient. So the first level, um, so if you have a low activation score, you'd be more disengaged and maybe a little more overwhelmed. That being said, as a cancer patient, Or as someone living with cancer, you can be overwhelmed that it doesn't necessarily qualify you for one automatically. Uh, for level two, you'd be becoming aware, but still maybe struggling with managing your, your own health. At a level three, you'd be starting to take more action in your care. And then if you're a level four, or if you consider yourself to be a level four, you'd be better able to maintain behaviors and push further. So if something happens that's out of the ordinary, um, something stressful, you'd be able to still maintain those behaviors and kind of deal with those. Patient activation, when we measure that, having a higher patient activation score, if we will, has great benefits. And those benefits are, re- are reported to be less cost to the medical system. So you you go to the emergency less, um, different things like that. You will follow uh, treatment procedures and advice maybe a, a little better. So there's actually a long list of benefits. Those are just two of them. Now from a the patient point of view. So as the individual living with cancer, what does that mean to us? Because it's nice that it's saving taxpayers dollars. So as the individual living with cancer, I kind of see it in my head, Alex, as the first gear um, amongst many. And we need that one to kind of be 
going and activated so that other gears can keep working too. The more activated the individual, the better that kind of machine or that setup will work to ensure good health or at the very least a good quality of life. And that is is key when it comes to living with cancer because yes, your health might not be the greatest, but you can increase your quality of life um, by doing small little things. The only thing that I would add to that explanation, and you did a really good job explaining this term, uh, patient activation, Gabrielle, is the idea that it also involves, along with the motivation, knowledge, skills, and confidence, is the ability that the individual feels they have to actually fulfill this role of this self-management concept, that they are involved and they're engaged with their care team and they feel that they are the front runner in the sense that they run their care team. So it is sort of the meshing together all of those concepts and considering the ability that that patient or that individual has to actually take care of themselves and take more of an active interest in their health. And I also do want do want to add that these four levels that we discussed are not mutually exclusive in the sense that you could feel that maybe one day you are a level one and the other day you are a level four. And sometimes it takes a while to sort of determine what level you may be after a few months of going through your treatment. And a lot of the times, including myself, individuals feel that they have transitioned either from a level two down to level one, but most of the time they will feel that they've transitioned to a higher level of patient activation. And that usually comes from more experience with your health more confidence in the decisions you're making going forward with your treatment and maybe learning a little bit more knowledge and gaining those skills to talk a little bit more to your, your your oncologist, doing a little bit more research on your own. And so you're not necessarily stuck in one level of activation. A lot of the times you make the transition to a higher level once you go through a lot more treatment and a lot more experience. Yeah, the goal technically would be to increase your level of activation. So it'd be to get to a level four, as as they say. But it doesn't mean that you have to be that all the time. And that, like you said, Alex, can, can swing one way or, or the other. So. so now that we discussed this term of, of patient activation, from a cancer thriver's point of view, what do we really consider patient activation? I think first, um, I like to use the idea or the term self-activation or self-engagement instead of patient activation because it's, it starts with you. And yes, healthcare professionals can play a role in increasing that, uh, that level again. Um, but it's, it ultimately falls onto your shoulders and not to put pressure it's, that's not the goal. Um, we already have a lot to think about as cancer thrivers, but definitely self-activation and self-engagement for me are powerful terms. I see also a key component that we already sort of touched on earlier is this idea of acquiring the knowledge. A lot of the times individuals, thrivers don't necessarily pay attention and I'm I'm talking about this more from experience that maybe there's a lot of knowledge to accumulate and a lot of the times a lot of it maybe passes by and we don't pick up as much as possible and when we have that 
knowledge using this term of self-management to take all of these pieces of our health and our experience and sort of plot it down the way that we see fit and the way that we want to see our long-term goals fulfilled. When you say that you've had experience with it, how have you managed, self-managed that? Or do you have an example for us? Well, I just find that originally when I went into treatment, they throw a lot of different bits of knowledge and a lot of different experts at you at once. So there's a lot of knowledge at once that you don't really consider. And being more of a young thriver, 20, being 20 years old when I was diagnosed, there was a lot that I didn't really want to know. I kind of just wanted to push forward and do the treatment as fast as possible. But as you go forward, you find that it's better to learn a little bit more about what's going on so that for the long term and for your future, you are better set and you're not necessarily just rushing things. So I just find that that self-management really comes into play once you learn a little bit more and you're able to have the tools to say what you do want and what you don't want for your future. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. You allude, alluded to the next idea, Alex, earlier, patient activation or self-activation or self-engagement um, from a cancer thriver's point of view, also means being able to manage your care team. And for me, that's that's a funny concept because, um, or not funny, it's just, it's not quite common that you will see the person living with cancer managing their care team because that's just not how this healthcare system works. The the oncologist, the professionals, the experts will be at times uh, dictating to you or managing your care. And when we talk about self-activation or self-engagement, it it's the other way around. And I think cancer thrivers are good at that, at managing their care team. And we need to remember managing managers that are that are tyrants or, or dictators or, or just kind of too much don't amount to anything. So we can't be bad managers, but we, we, we can use managing skills to kind of take care of that team and to guide that our care team into the right direction. For me, that kind of encompasses what self-activation or patient activation is from the point of view of a cancer thriver is that we can do this and, and we have a lot of ideas and we know ourselves best. Absolutely. It's it's really important. That's a key component really is is managing that care team and and what stems from that is this idea of really asking a lot of questions. So from my point of view, I see a direct correlation between the amount of questions that an individual asks and the higher your level of activation is. And that's not necessarily the main component when it comes to activation, but it really does help. Because like I mentioned, when I was first diagnosed, there was a lot of things thrown at me. And you can't know everything at once. As, as hard as you may try, there's a lot that is going to pass you by. And your wealth of knowledge really grows when you're more engaged and you're asking questions and you're discussing things with your care team and you're open to interpretation. And so this idea of managing your care team really comes when you're more engaged, obviously, and you ask a little bit more about your treatment and your knowledge of what's going on in your life. So I have a question for you, Alex. When you have 
um, when you started reading all of this and you looked at the levels of activation, what level of activation would you consider yourself to be in this moment? I would say right now, so from starting today and going back to maybe with six months left in my treatment, I'd say I'm a level three. I go into my checkups, which are now yearly, a little bit more prepared. And I, f I feel a little bit better going in now, obviously being finished treatment, but even like I said, going back to the six month mark prior to being finished, I had a little bit more knowledge going in. I was starting to feel a lot more side effects that were new. And so it was a little frustrating because I figured at this point in treatment, I would be feeling the same way consistently. So it was getting me a little bit more frustrated. So I was asking more questions. I was leaving only when I felt I knew exactly what I wanted to know. And I wasn't necessarily attacking my oncologist. I was just being a little bit more aware of all of the options I had, more aware of exactly what was going on and what alternatives I had. So, and, and I felt that I transitioned from a level two, which was at the beginning of my treatment. When I went in, like I said, being 20 years old, you don't, I didn't want to be involved in this world of, of cancer. I wanted to just get in and get out, finish as quickly as possible. And once I realized that I was sort of bypassing a lot of good options and I wasn't feeling great because maybe I wasn't making the right decisions for myself and for my long term, I started noticing that maybe if I took a little bit more time, I would make the decisions that I was confident in and that you know, taking that day of rest, taking this treatment, skipping a week of treatment because maybe my my levels of hemoglobin or certain things weren't ready for it, it would actually help me in the long run. And my mom was someone who really helped me with that. She was someone who did a lot of research, made me ask more questions when I was in there. And I started to take the reins a little bit more and transition to that level three. So that was something that was really beneficial because even now going in, I feel healthy and I feel confident, but I don't want to go in blind and I want to be more prepared with questions and more engagement. So I'm going to ask you the same question, Gabrielle. I'm sure you've thought a lot about this because we have discussed this idea of managing your care team and being aware. So what level of activation would you consider yourself right now? I consider myself to be a level three presently. I do take action on a lot of things. And I work towards goals that are important to me when it comes to my cancer experience, especially like in regards to my care. And so that's kind of ingrained in me right now. I would say it has been like this for some time. I do flip flop between two and three, um, sometimes depending on the day. Since learning about this, I think I've been more of a three, just because being aware that I have that power and the activation, my level of activation falls on me, has helped me understand how to increase it and how to be more active in my care team. I would say, however, that when I was first diagnosed, I was probably a level four, like, if we're, like right away. Um, just because I was keen, I was like, I'm going to do this, uh, give me everything, all the knowledge, 
that I can, what are the habits that I can adopt, and I was actually adopting them. Um, so I was doing a lot initially, just because it was like that that jump start, and it's like with anything, when anything starts, you're like, okay, let's give it 120 percent of of my energy, and that which was not a lot at the time, but <laughs> <laughs> um, and then it kind of decreases over over time. Being that level four at the beginning might, I think, helped me just make decisions on what treatment options I was going to take, different things like that. I think being a level three suits me right now. I'm not quite there to be a level four at the moment, but it's something that I'm working towards. So we discussed some of the key components and the definition, obviously, of patient activation given four key concepts to this co- to this whole sort of topic that we discuss and we want to discuss what each of these concepts mean and some of the examples of them and we'll discuss them as we move forward so this first key component is the idea of motivation and i think when we look at this topic of motivation it's a lot different when we're dealing with cancer thrivers and the average individual because the level of motivation really is a lot different when you're going through some at least from a personal experience i'm sure you can attest to the same thing gabrielle when you have something that's going on in your life that affects you a lot more than the average cold or the average flu or maybe a different illness or something like that your motivation should be a lot higher and maybe it's not but you find that your everyday life is affected and you're affected a lot more going through your treatment and things like that. So your motivation level to learn a little bit more about something that is going on on a regular basis generally is swayed a little bit more in the favor of I want to know everything. So just that idea of motivation is how much you feel you want to know. And it's obviously up to you specifically. A lot of people feel differently. But for the most part, I felt that as I went through treatment, I felt a little bit more motivated to know about what was going on. Like I said, when I first started, there was a thousand different things going on at once. And I sort of took the time to look into each one individually. My parents definitely helped. So I don't know if that's necessarily considered self-activation, but it's definitely their motivation from them. And everyone obviously has their different opinions on it. But as I move forward... I wanted to learn a little bit more because it was affecting my everyday life. Yeah, we have the biggest motivator is just living a quality life. And you can't get more motivated than that. And don't get me wrong. There were days where I was like, I'm giving up. We're done. Pack away. It's just done. Absolutely. (laughs) But, But it doesn't mean that on those days, my motivation wasn't there. It just means that I was having a bad day. And there's a difference between that. It, you can still be motivated. It just with the medications and and everything, the steroids that you're on and then not on, all those things does impact your mind. Not necessarily your motivation is still there. Mm-hmm, for sure. When we talk about motivation, do you have an example of when you were like really motivated? I think when I was motivated most was when I first experienced my steroid pain, which was a couple of weeks or months even now that I think about it into taking these steroids. So 
I woke up one night with the worst pain in my life and I still attest to the fact that it was the worst pain. And it was confusing because it wasn't the first time I was taking this steroid. So I went in obviously frustrated and I was motivated to find out exactly what was causing this pain, what would make it stop, what my options were. And so I think it came from a place of I had to, otherwise I would be in pain all the time. And so that was a time where I felt really motivated to find out exactly what was happening and why it wasn't happening originally and essentially what steps I could take to avoid having this type of leg agony, I guess would, would be a good point. So it came sort of uh, an idea of I was forced to be motivated, but it definitely kickstarted that. So is there any examples you would have as well? Or I think mine is more recent in in my survivorship. It's the fear of recurrence is a big one for me at the moment. And I have been highly motivated to deal with that because going to doctor's appointments, I, I can't, it's a cycle. I need to, I need to go through these, these mandated things and just living with your recurrence on a normal basis can be very difficult. I am highly motivated to deal with this issue and I'm, I'm looking at exactly what that means for me because it's, the way I deal with it is going to be very different than how someone else deals with it. And actually being this motivated has helped me, I guess, discuss with my radiologist the fact that for weeks before all of my appointments, I was kind of not quite living or my quality of life was was way lower than it usually is because I was anxious and I was fearing these, these checkups. And being motivated, that kind of motivated me to have that discussion with my radiologist. And he, through conversation with me, we decided that it was okay if I didn't see him and I would just see my oncologist for the next, I think I have three years and a half left of, of, of checkups. That ended well, and, but motivation was, was the key drive to, to dealing with all of this. And the second key concept of patient activation is knowledge. What do you have to, to say about that as a cancer thriver? Knowledge is, is everything when it comes to going through your cancer treatment because generally when you're pre-diagnosis, you have no idea really what goes into this massive topic of cancer. And then you're hit with it all at once. And it's overwhelming because you are obviously first dealing with being diagnosed and then secondly this idea that I actually don't know exactly what it is. So patient activation, I think, falls a lot on this concept more than the other three to begin with, at least, of this idea of knowledge and the fact that we lack a lot of it. And so it really, the levels are very obvious, I think, to see the difference between the different levels of the amount of knowledge that we know. And it's very important and this is exactly where managing your health team really comes into play is the amount of knowledge you want to know and the amount of knowledge you have. And a lot of the times doing research helps talking to your to your healthcare teams and the professionals and engaging with them and not necessarily just taking their word for it initially, maybe pressing them on different options, getting the entire picture. It's very helpful. I think more knowledge is better than less, especially when you're dealing with your health. Because 
obviously it's difficult for some people to make decisions for themselves and that's where the confidence aspect kicks in but it's better to have all of this knowledge to plot from when you are managing your own health because then you can obviously make the best decision for you yeah i couldn't agree with what you said more when we consider skills now because i think they're all kind of related skills in this in in the sense of of a key concept in patient activation or self-activation what does that mean for you skills is is tough i actually would love to hear your opinion on skills because when i looked at this word i found it kind of difficult to pinpoint what skills actually means because yeah i just i would love to hear your opinion on it to be honest gabrielle so i guess i can i i'll kind of paint a picture yeah. first maybe that might clarify i think so from a health care professional's point of view patient activation can be can can change the way you interact with with someone or with the person sitting in front of you and so when someone is considering a change um when let's say i'll take a mm, reducing alcohol intake so for their health reducing the amount of alcohol that they drink is essential as the healthcare pro- uh, professional you know that but you just imposing it on someone will not necessarily change probably will not actually change the way they they operate the patient needs to you need to understand where the patient is on the activation level or where, which level he's at he or she is at um to understand how to present the idea to the person how to build a plan to maybe reduce that alcohol intake, um, whatever. So motivation is a key component. You need to, to kind of imp- see where the person, what's motivating the person to stop consuming as much alcohol. Same with knowledge. The person needs to understand what are the benefits to st- reducing that and what might happen if they don't. And then we get to skills. So do they... What tools, what what skills do they have that we can use to to reach that goal? Um, so that's how I see skills fitting in is in managing your care and your health, you have a lot of skills. You don't forget everything that happened and everything that you are the moment you're diagnosed. It, it just doesn't happen that way. You still have all of those skills and those habits and and that knowledge that from before so it's it's tapping into that so that you're more activated and and you're using really everything that you have at your disposal i see so yeah it's the skills part is actually it helps a lot with with taking action so it's good you you brought up that idea of the reducing alcohol intake because that's something that i kind of had to deal with as well and it's more so that ability to have that self-control and make those right decisions and so i i see that that point is sort of applying a lot of the skills that you had prior into this idea of of activation for yourself i think this this kind of looks a lot more into outside maybe just your your healthcare team and more so in yourself and sort of managing some of the things maybe that can benefit you like eating healthier like reducing your alcohol intake like sleeping more so that's a good point. It's it's good you clarified that because I, I had an idea of what skills really meant until now. So that's helpful. 
Because we have a lot of baggage. Yeah. As, as individuals. Mm-hmm. And I think that links very well into confidence because um, our level of confidence is is key in all of it. If you're at a lower activation level, putting together a plan of, of 10 action steps to reach a certain goal is not necessarily feasible because you don't have that confidence in yourself yet. You ha- we have to build that up um, or you have to build that up. And it's not by discouraging yourself with 10 little action steps that you're not going to be able to necessarily reach that that's going to happen. So confidence, I think, is the key. And I think that's what cancer thrivers are good at is that we have confidence in ourselves that we can achieve this, this being maybe getting through treatments or that, that can be limitless. But yeah, so confidence, I think, is key. It is. Very much so. And I say that all the time, just in general, that confidence is key. I think it's the most important aspect of, of patient activation. And I think confidence, the thing that's so difficult is that I think confidence is innate in the sense that I think a lot of people have confidence or they don't. And it's difficult to develop, but it's almost necessary to develop, especially when talking about activation, because you may have all the other tools, but if you maybe go in and have a bunch of questions and then you sit down in front of your oncologist and you think, okay, well, maybe they're not important or maybe I didn't ask the right ones or maybe I shouldn't, then all of that wealth of tools and everything that you have goes out the window. So it's the ability to take the reins in your in your health and your managing of your health, this self-management, this self-engagement. So it's important. If I can add on confidence, Alex, or on the the idea of confidence is that there are tricks that you can use to kind of build that up slowly. And when you said like the idea of not being confident in your questions that you're going to ask the oncologist or the specialist when you go see someone, I know I, I'm the worst for that. I will blank out as soon as I sit into the oncologist like like in the this the patient rooms and <laughs> it's it's actually quite a problem but i started to, and i wouldn't ask questions so if i had a list of questions i would that would go out the window because i'm like oh i, I didn't have the confidence to kind of ask those questions but i found that having a buddy with me and telling that person where the questions were and or just even how many questions i had forced me to ask those questions because they were counting the questions and making sure I was getting everything answered. So that kind of increased my confidence level. And now I'm I'm much more able to ask my questions live, even without necessarily having someone there as much as I do always bring someone. Yeah. So there's like little tips like that, that, that can help build your confidence if you're not quite there yet. Absolutely. And it's good to have those because like I said, I think confidence it's tough to develop, but it's necessary. So if we you can just have a couple little tips, even if it's an extra question every time you go in or just some little thing that helps you, it's always good to have. The entire idea of patient activation is that the individual, so in this case, the person living with cancer or their caregiver, because we can talk about caregivers, it's the same concept that applies. Patient activation becomes a central and primary piece to managing a care team and your own health. That is important when we talk about engagement with her 
our care team and in, in our health, what can we ourselves do to be more engaged? So we have a few ideas that we've bounced around. So first is, I think, embracing the four concept that, concepts that we just talked about. So motivation, knowledge, skills, and confidence. And we gave examples to, to some of them and we discussed we just discuss them. And I think that's important to consider when or be aware of as a cancer thriver. And I think that's the first step to take when when you're wanting to be more engaged. Also is taking small steps. When we talk about patient engagement, it's not doing everything that you need to be doing because I am well aware that that's completely not realistic. Personally, I don't think there is such a thing as a perfect cancer patient and doing all the things that are recommended. And I don't think there is even that kind of recipe out there of exactly what you should and should not do to be in perfect health because cancer is unpredictable. It doesn't discriminate. It just kind of happens sometimes and you can't plan for that. Now, taking small steps to to reach one specific goal or, or one thing that is very important to you, well, that's achievable and that makes you more engaged in your health just right off the bat I think. Another concept to consider to feel more engaged is just taking the time to process your knowledge and your options. So we understand that certain treatments you can't take as much time. Sometimes you need to take action right away but when you have the ability to consider some of the treatment options, some of the options for yourself, maybe some thing like this idea of sleeping more and how do you sleep more and how do you eat healthier and how to reduce alcohol and take things like that. Taking time to process the idea of how you're going to do it, what options you have, because these are big decisions, especially when you're dealing with your health. And they're important decisions because your health is obviously one of the most important things, if not the most important thing to an individual. So understanding that you have time and you have options and you don't want to make any rash decisions because you want to have that confidence going forward that you've looked at all your alternatives and that you've made the right decision for yourself and for yourself in the long run. Another tip or, or suggestion to make yourself more engaged is considering what is feasible and what is important to you in this moment. And I think the key idea here is that what is important to you and if it's not important to you, you're not going to do it and it's just going to discourage you even more. You might want to take a baby step to make that idea important. So maybe researching on on what, why that's important or should be important. But if it's not feasible and important to you right now, maybe it's just not what you're supposed to be working on. Again, I think being engaged doesn't mean doing everything right because that's not a goal that's that's realistic at all. It's also understanding that you are in control. We, as cancer thrivers, we have control over a lot more than sometimes we give ourselves credit for, including our health. And when, when a specialist recommends something, when they give you a list of options to choose from when we consider treatments, for example, you are in control of your health. You know yourself. I do strongly believe that more than anyone else. You are the expert when it comes to, to your body and what is best for you. And it's to remember that 
Um, and that can help you be more engaged in your health team is knowing that you have that control. One final little piece of advice we have is embracing your decisions and having a positive mindset going forward with the choices that you make. It's obviously difficult to make decisions when it comes to health because we don't necessarily know the outcomes that are going to result from it. But we want to embrace those decisions in the sense that I've made that choice and I'm going to live with it and it's going to be good for me. And we obviously make decisions in the end because we outweigh the pros with the cons. And so we shouldn't look back and feel discouraged with the choices that we make because we made them, like I said, for a reason. If you have a positive mindset, it really will affect your physical being going forward. I've talked about that. We've talked about that a lot. And it's just the idea of embracing the choices that you make going forward because, like I said, you made them for a reason and you should live with the with the decisions that you make. And they're obviously going to be the ones that are best for you because you made them. Well said. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> we look now to the final sort of question that we want to discuss. After all of this information we've looked at, after the components we've discussed, is patient activation a key component of being a cancer thriver or is it just something that cancer thrivers can work to develop so what do you what do you think about this idea of patient activation uh, gabrielle i don't think a cancer thriver necessarily needs to have self-activation or patient it needs to be activated to be a cancer thriver i don't think it's job requirements um i think it's something that most of us are aware of just because of being a cancer thriver just kind of means you're activated in general or we might associate the both it doesn't I think the key is that it doesn't mean that you need to be this or you need to be a level four I think cancer thrivers are good at working towards something and I think we naturally work towards being more engaged in our care team and in our health with our care team and in our health um so that's kind of where I stand I think patient activation helps us be cancer thrivers. See, yeah, I, I sort of agree and disagree just in the sense that I agree that I don't think you necessarily have to be a level four as, as a cancer thriver. You put it well there when you said, I think we are just self-engaged already because we don't have much of a choice. We really, really have to be more aware. I do think, though, it is important to have some level of activation to maybe make the decisions that are best for ourselves. I think we can sort of go forward in treatment and 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 res- and result in the outcome we want, but we may not be confident in the decisions that we're making without being a little bit more engaged and having this idea of activation. I find that it does help, at least it helped me maybe asking more questions and being aware more of the knowledge gaps that I already had and some of the information that maybe I was lacking. And I think when we are a little bit more activated and we have this concept to lean back on, we can make the best decisions for ourselves going forward. And I just think we have a better chance of being happier with the outcome and our long-term results. Have that being said, I do agree that it's not necessarily something that is necessary for each thriver to have. Because I think it's already in this, like, basically job description of a cancer thriver to be more aware of what's going on. So I don't think it's necessarily something that we need to develop. I think it's something that's already there. 
Um, and it's just sort of important to keep that in mind when we when we go forward. Yeah, I guess the important thing is that trust that you are activated. And I don't want to discourage anyone who might feel like they're not activated because that's something that you can work at. That's okay if you're working at it. It's it doesn't mean that you're not a cancer thriver mm-hmm. if you're you feel like you're not activated. And it's gonna go up and down. I think patient or self activation is is not a constant mm-hmm. in my opinion. Anyway, in my experience, I've been up and down. Some days I was like a level zero. I was like not activated period. And then other days I was able to be activated. And on that day where I thought I was a zero, probably wasn't. It's just I was having a bad day. So overall, this is a new concept that we like to discuss. Gabrielle did a lot of research on it and it was a great topic to talk about. But when we look at the final component, is it something that's necessary? Maybe not really. But one thing that is great to take out of it are these four little components of patient activation, of motivation. The idea of you're not necessarily unmotivated if you're having a bad day. And it's easy to induce motivation when you have a reason to. And as cancer thrivers, we almost always have a reason to. So we usually do have some sort of motivation and we want to run with that. Trust that there's a lot of knowledge out there. We want to learn as much as possible because generally having more knowledge is a little bit better than having less because we can make the decisions that are best for ourselves. Also trust in the skill set that we've learned and that we've maintained throughout our life because they're very well applied when we look to our cancer treatment and our cancer experience. Not necessarily just looking at the treatment, but just dealing with the emotional side effects and things that we want to work on. A lot of the skills come in handy when we look at that. And then finally, confidence. Confidence is key, as we mentioned, in all aspects of life. We should learn that just because we are maybe more vulnerable physically dealing with this cancer experience, it doesn't mean that we shouldn't be confident in the decisions we make and the people that we are. And the confidence moving forward really will help us embrace the decisions that we make. This ends episode 50, Be Engaged With Your Care Patient Activation. Of course, if you have any questions or suggestions or comments, or if you simply want to share your story, do reach out through Soar Above Cancer blog as well as our social media accounts, which are all linked in the show notes as always. Many smiles to you and see you next week.